This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, as mentioned, a uh, new investigative series on Global News rolling out this week, looking at uh, not quite distracted driving necessarily, but careless driving. And I guess that, that can kind of run the gamut uh, from a lot of different things. But the question of how seriously the justice system takes this, people who are dying at the hands of motorists, how are those motorists being dealt with? What kind of punishment are the courts doling out? We've had some high-profile cases that indicate that certainly in, in at least some of these instances, people are getting off with more or less a, a slap on the wrist. Joining us on the line is uh, Carolyn Jarvis, investigative reporter for Global News. Uh, Carolyn, thanks for making some time for us here. Thanks for having me. Okay, well, tell us a bit more, I guess, kind of about what prompted this investigation then. Well, you know, as journalists, we tell oftentimes the same stories over and over and over again, and often they are tragic in nature. This was one of those stories that we had heard far too often, pedestrians and cyclists being seriously injured or struck and killed. But what we wanted to look at was how the justice system was dealing with these cases, because oftentimes you hear about these tragic occurrences and nobody follows them after that. Or in the odd case you do when you hear about these measly penalties that are imposed. Well, what we did is we connected the dots. As journalists and as a network and as a media company, we stood back to look at the bigger picture and get a sense of perspective here. And what we saw when we took a pause was a series of provinces that impose a charge that's often called careless driving depending on the jurisdiction, and penalties that are often very small, especially when weighed against the gravity of the crime itself, that a life was lost or somebody was seriously injured. Oftentimes we're seeing people get off with only a few hundred dollars in fine. We're not arguing, either as a company or advocates, not us being the advocates, but the advocates in our piece, um, that people should be going to jail for this. But what uh, people are asking are is whether or not there should be penalties that make a little bit more sense. Well, in, in one of these pieces, there's the example of a uh, Toronto woman, a grandmother who was struck and killed crossing in a crosswalk in Toronto. Uh, the end result was a $500 fine, no jail time, no license suspension. And when the, the son-in-law read the victim impact statement, the, the accused didn't even have to be there. That's unbelievable. Because in this case, that particular instance that you're referring to, the driver responsible pled down to a lesser charge of making an unsafe left-hand turn. So there's a sting. Like, I mean, just isolate that for a second. Nowhere in the charge, on the books, in the legal system forevermore, will it be recognized that anyone even died. Like, there's not even a charge that, that acknowledges a loss of life, which is such a, such salt in the wound for the family that is just going through this incredible grieving process to not even recognize, oh, by the way, your grandmother's now dead. I mean, they won't even recognize that. That just hurts. Again, we're not, people who we spoke with, victims' families, are not saying, we don't want to throw anybody in jail. We're not asking for a million-dollar penalty, but just a little bit of dignity for our loved one. Can you acknowledge that they're no longer here? Can we have a moment to read a victim impact statement and have the driver actually show up so they can hear who that person Person was and what they meant to us. For for those people, those we heard from, it just seemed logical and respectful, frankly. Well, you know, it's interesting because if if somebody was killed in a in a hunting accident uh, to the point where where criminal charges would be laid, it would seem very reasonable that at the very least 
uh, that person lose some of those privileges, uh, firearms ownership, as an example. So that's what seems surprising to me looking at this. And you looked at, you know, hundreds of cases uh, right across the country of the reporters who were part of this. And, and in many of these cases, there was not even a license suspension, which just seems so baffling to me. And in some provinces, there isn't a provision for license suspension. In Ontario, there is. But because there wasn't a conviction on careless driving, just making an unsafe left-hand turn, that wasn't applicable in this case. In fact, this was one of the faults we found in the administration of law was take Ontario as a snapshot. And and let me just pause by saying, by by no sense is this an Ontario-only story. This is a Canada story. This is a, a Calgary story, an Edmonton story, a Red Deer, a Lethbridge story. It's happening in all corners of the country. But in Ontario, we looked at how many charges were laid under the careless driving Act, and Highway Traffic Act, the careless driving provision, and there were 34,000, 34,000 charges laid last year. How many of those do you think resulted in convictions? How many? 5%, less than 5%, in fact, wow. which means in the vast majority of cases, other people are being, uh, are, the charges are being dismissed or they're pleading down, which is most frequently what happens, they're pleading down to lesser charges so that blowing a stop sign, making an unsafe left-hand turn, so that means somebody could have died in those instances, in some of them, not all of those 34,000, but in some of those instances, somebody could have died, and the courts will never acknowledge that. Uh, so this, this looks at, you know, as I say, this this looks at the situation right across the country, and I guess that's there, there's some consistency here because there are different laws in different provinces, but there seems to be that, that underlying consistency that there's not much difference from province to province. And so we asked transportation ministers across the country, we went to almost all of them, and we asked them whether or not they would consider implementing what's already been done for years in the United States, uh, a vulnerable road user law. These are laws that have more meaningful penalties. So, for example, Oregon, which was the first to introduce them, they have fines up to $12,000. They require drivers to take a recertification course, a traffic safety course. They have to do community service that centers around road safety so they're contributing back to road safety things that are meaningful to the families and meaningful to the cause at hand and send some sort of message of deterrence and prevention they're not sending people to jail there there's no jail provision they just want to make sure that one road user road users who aren't encased in steel are protected and two the penalties are meaningful well it's certainly an important issue uh, much more at uh, globalnews.ca carolyn appreciate making some time for us here thanks for this thanks for having me all right that's uh, carolyn jarvis investigative reporter with global news uh, talking about this series that's going to roll out this week uh, spearheaded by carolyn jarvis with global national reporters right across the country looking at the situation province to province and that's what seems so surprising about this is that you don't really don't see much difference across the board across the country no absolutely we're seeing consistency uh with respect to how little these fines are and how rare it is that we're getting tough sentences for people that are at the, on the you know receiving end. Um, so we're hoping that this sparks a national dialogue and that both on radio and television and online, all platforms that Chorus Entertainment, Global News and our chain of radio stations has, uh, that there's a dialogue that Canadians engage with and, and connect with us about. Yeah. All right. Well, important work, Carolyn. Thanks again for this. Thanks for having me. All right. There you go. Carolyn Jarvis uh, with Global News. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back. 403-974-8255-974-TALK. Someone texted to say, you know, why, why aren't we using the charge of criminal negligence or criminal negligence causing death more often? I'm not sure why that is. I mean, you need to look at the facts of any given case. And I, maybe that speaks to intent to some extent. Or where there was gross negligence. 
But it seems like in a lot of these cases, if somebody died, if somebody's run over in a crosswalk, doesn't that imply negligence? Got this text here from someone who says, my brother was killed by a professional driver that fell asleep. And he got a small fine. Nothing on his record. That's awful. There's probably a lot of stories like that out there. So it is surprising. You think when, when somebody dies, when a life is taken, you would assume that that raises the seriousness considerably. That doesn't appear to be the case. So there, some of these have been high-profile stories, but a lot of them probably we've never heard of. In fact, there are hundreds of pedestrians and cyclists killed by vehicles every year. So how does the justice system deal with those who take lives while behind the wheel? And they looked at uh, hundreds of cases right across the country. And almost every case we found, either no charges are laid, or if charges are laid, the penalties are usually nominal fines. In many cases, there was not even a license suspension. That's what seems so astounding to me. You've got the responsibility of having a driver's license. And you made a mistake, or you did something stupid. And it led to somebody dying. Right then and there, how do you not lose that privilege? I don't understand it. The people that are getting off, it's one thing to say it's just a fine, but at least you're holding the person accountable in some way, albeit a minimal way. But to not take away the license, I just, I don't understand that at all. I mean, you can lose your license for having too many speeding tickets. Now, why is that? Well, potentially you're dangerous. Well, what do you mean dangerous? Well, somebody could die. So we'll take someone's license away because they're potentially a threat to kill somebody. But when someone actually does kill somebody, we don't take their license away? Yeah, I don't get that at all. Uh, anyway, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. Like this case in Toronto we talked about uh, two years ago. This grandmother killed in a crosswalk. $500 fine, no jail time, no license suspension. The guy didn't even have to be in court with a woman's son-in-law read a victim impact statement. Well, what is the point of that then? We're going to have victim impact statement. It's a way for the victim or the family of the victim to let the offender know the impact of their actions, how it impacted them. And he doesn't even have to be there for it. It's crazy. So, yeah, there's a story here to be told. Uh, and so there's a lot of components to this story. And so we're going to have much more not through the week. Uh, globalnews.ca on global, on this radio station, our various platforms. So reporters right across the country working on this series. Uh, as mentioned, uh, Chief Investigative Correspondent Caroline Jarvis uh, spearheading all of this. So some great work has gone into this. Uh, coming up after 2 o'clock, we'll hear from Mark Milkey. We'll talk about his uh, disturbing experience while visiting uh, Dachau. And the tendency on the part of some, and this was astounding to me too, people are taking selfies at these places. Uh, so Mark wrote about his experience. We'll hear from him coming up after 2 o'clock. Later on, Jane Doucette, author of the book, The Pregnant Pause. We'll get into the issue of societal pressure on women to have children and dilemma many women face. Our final hour, straight ahead. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.